It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show, where we take a journey within to uncover the inner resources deep within our soul to transform physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It is through this higher sense of knowing we are able to design and live our lives with purpose, compassion, and for the collective consciousness. Are you ready to start your own inner revolution? Come with me. Welcome to the Inner Revolution Show, everyone. I am your host, Dr. Renee, and welcome back for another amazing episode this week. As I have been continuing in this time-space reality of the pandemic, bringing on a variety of guests every week who are inspiring, encouraging, motivating, who are practitioners in all sorts of fields of mental health, medical well-being, um, emotional health, spiritual well-being, all these sorts of topics that we talk about here in the Inner Revolution. So welcome back. And I just want to go ahead and say thank you to all of you who have followed the show, whether on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. We say thank you because we couldn't do this show without you. So this week is a very special week for me because my guest is a personal friend and our children grew up together. And so this woman knows probably a lot of secrets about me, which is really fun. But also she's just a very, um, holds a very special place in my heart because she was one who truly helped me through some difficult transitions in my own life. And um, we're going to be talking about why she's so special. Many of you know that I am a supporter of holistic, homeopathic, alternative, you know, types of healings. I do support traditional medicine, but I think it's so important that we all get to know what exists out there in the world and start to be able to hear the true stories about what is really happening in the field of medical and mental health. And I believe this woman can really share some of that with us today. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about my dear friend, Dr. Jody Skillhorn, and she is an osteopathic physician, board certified in psychiatry, and a diplomat of the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine. She integrates conventional medical training and evidence-based holistic methods that includes breathwork, meditation, yoga, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, eye movement desensitization, and reprocessing emotional freedom techniques, and we love that here in the inner revolution, mind-body medicine, nutrition, and exercise at her private practice in Stowe, Ohio. So let me go ahead and get on the amazing Dr. Jody Skillicorn. Are you there? 
I'm here. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. We have been talking about this for a while. I know I had contacted you way back when, and you were in the throes, the throes of writing your book. And yes. <laughs> that has been quite a journey as I was watching you document this process. And um, we're so excited here in the in a revolution to celebrate. Your book has been launched, it's been released, it's for sale everywhere, and it's getting really fantastic reviews. So Congratulations on that. Thank you. So I want to just sort of open this up because as you know, in the inner revolution, we are very organic here and it's just about honest conversation, transparency, you know, really providing people what they really need to hear, particularly in these times right now where we are high levels of stress. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of things in the months to come that we aren't seeing yet. I'm, I'm even thinking, oh my God, as a teacher, what types of behaviors are going to be manifesting when we return back to school? You know, will we see obsessive compulsive? Will we see, you know, PTSD or PTSR? You know, all these kinds of things that are going to show up in time. So that's why I really wanted to have you here because it's such an important transition for us all. But let's start with the book because I'm really <laughs> excited about this. So your book is called Healing Depression Without medication and a psychiatrist guide to balancing mind body and soul so i know why you wrote this but can you tell our listeners a little bit about the passion that really went into to writing this book sure yeah so i the main reason it, it's, it was sort of gnawing at me for a long time but really it was just frustration frustration at seeing the same, hearing the same stories over and over. Each story is unique to that person, but the same themes. And the themes were basically that people were having anxiety, having depression over really normal everyday things, or not so everyday, but things that happen in our world. So, you know, divorces, losses, deaths, um, you know, uh, medical diagnoses like cancer, other chronic diseases. And of course, a normal human response to any of these events is to feel anxious or depressed. It's not pathology, right? It's not, and it may be an imbalance of, um, of neurochemistry, but that's not the cause. The cause was the stress and the consequential inflammation resulting from the stress of whatever was happening in their lives. Um, for most people, sometimes there is an underlying physical, you know, issue sure. that's causing it. But most often, the most common story I hear is just, you know, things that happen in our lives and people and not being able to manage that and that not being able to be acknowledged, right? So instead of being normalized, like you're okay, you're going to get through this, this is a perfectly normal reaction, you know, people would have one response, but here's a medication, something's wrong with you, you're broken. That's a whole nother um, message. And I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that as one of the individuals who had reviewed and, and wrote in your forward of your book that, you know, there's often this erroneous assumption that it really is just a flaw in the brain's chemistry. So, and yeah. like you said, at, at times that can be, right? And, and certainly is present, but I have heard that as well. And you know, I'm now a woman in the throes of perimenopause and experiencing all sorts of things that are, you know, some can be explained, some not so explained at times. And yeah. that's the first thing I always hear is it's, 
you know, these levels are off or these things are off. And right. I, I understand that, but, but, you know, can you talk a little bit to the listeners just about if, if that is an erroneous assumption for many, what is the explanation? What are some of the things that really are more at the root of depression, anxiety, those kinds of things? Yeah. So at the, again, it usually comes back to stress and most often it comes back, not even to stress that's happening now, although that certainly can be the case, but for so many, it comes back to childhood, right? Mm -hmm. And those early childhood experiences and the losses we experienced then, because that, that changes the structure and function of the brain and how it reacts to the world. And so these can be, these might not even be it can be serious events like abuse, physical, sexual, or emotional, but it could also be um, just not connect, you know, being able to connect with a parent because they're just emotionally distant, not because they don't love the child, but because they just don't have the capacity because of their own upbringing or if the parent's sick and just can't be there for the kid or so many reasons that these disconnections happen. And so what happens is the child doesn't feel safe or doesn't feel worthy or doesn't feel loved. And that change how the brain and the nervous system develop. And so what happens is the, the, that part of the brain, the limbic system where the fight, flight, freeze mm -hmm. system, right? It gets overdeveloped because it's the world doesn't, if the world doesn't feel safe, then that part of the brain um, is sort of on this constant hypervigilance. And so even small things then seem like large things. And in fact, even a neutral facial expression or a neutral tone of voice of someone else can feel like a threat if your system's overactivated. And if that happens all the time, that leads to all kinds of imbalances, right? So it leads to um, chronic inflammation, which leads to hormonal imbalances, which leads to neurotransmitter imbalances. But you can't fix the problem. You can't fix a soul wound by, you know, trying to biochemically um, fix each one of these things that goes off balance, which is what our whole medical system is based on. Yes. Thank you for saying So misses that. the point. Yeah. yeah. And again, that's why we love the guests that we have here in the inner revolution, because it isn't like we're whistleblowers. We're just trying to be very transparent for people because I think in my own life, you have, you have witnessed many things. Everything came back to stress. Everything came back to, you know, stored up emotions, whether my kidneys were acting out there, there was fear and there was sadness and there was anger and there were all these emotions. And I know you were the yeah. one who really helped educate me and turn me into the side of East, you know, Eastern medicine as well, and really educating myself. And once I started to understand how my body was talking to me, I'm even getting teary thinking about it here, you know, and you can see me, how yeah. my body was talking to me. I started to have a beautiful conversation with it you know, yes. no more. Yes. Oh my God, why are you acting out? Oh my God, why are you beating me up? Why are you abusing me to my right, body? Right, right. And that's the whole key. Yeah. So I know you practice a lot of alternative type therapies with your clients and, or use, excuse me, with your clients and things like that. So can you talk a little bit about what some of those therapies are, what, which ones you have found to be most promising or effective with some of your clients as well? Cause I know they have, I'm so excited. I can't even stop. Um, they have helped me so much. So I'll let you talk a little bit about those. Yeah. Well, I guess where I start with everyone is just basic breathing 
and I know you you teach right I know you talk about that a lot as well and um, but the breath is so important because again if the issue is stress we can't just talk to our limbic system our limbic system is pre-verbal it has no ability we can tell it we're fine we're safe everything's okay the dog's just barking. <laughs> um, there's no threat. There's no alert, right? We can't just tell our brains that. Um, we have to talk to it through our body, right? Which is why learning to listen to our body and its messages are so important because then we can, we can communicate um, through the body, which is how the only way to access the limbic system. So the breath, so most of us, so especially really almost everyone in our society, but more so for an particularly anxious people, right? We tend to breathe into the chest, mm -hmm. right? Short, shallow breaths into the chest. And what that does is it sends this chronic signal to the brain that basically sort of a yellow or orange alert. There's a problem, there's a problem. So the two of us are sitting here talking and nothing is happening, right? In this moment, or we could be sitting on the couch watching TV and again, nothing is happening. But if we're breathing those short, shallow breaths, we're sending a message to the brain you know, something's not quite right, something's not quite right, and then our brain tries to figure out, well, what's wrong, what's wrong, and it's looking for, it's looking for clues, and then anything that comes up is another, is a threat, so like you were saying about your body, so, you know, if your heart's racing, oh, see, something is wrong, versus now my heart's racing because I'm trying to figure out what's wrong, and so it becomes this, this, this whole um, self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, it keeps perpetuating down, the, it keeps going down this rabbit hole, but if we breathe, if we stop and we can breathe, start to just learn to breathe into the belly, yeah. right, that then sends a signal via the vagal nerve it, and it winds up to the limbic system and tells it, okay, we're okay. You can, we don't have to be so on high guard right now. We can let down our guard. And that's when our body gets to heal. That's when our body gets to restore itself. But if we're never in that state, mm. our body never gets a chance. And that's how most of us live, right? We live in a chronic busy, busy, busy. And for so many of us right now, right, the, the, we have this opportunity to kind of slow down and really see how busy we really are. Yeah. I myself am shocked by how much time all of a sudden I have not driving my kids to all their things and yeah. all their activities and all their play dates. And all of a sudden there's all this time um, to just be still rather than constant, busy, busy, busy. And, you know, I've noticed even a sort of resurfacing of this sort of elation and peace in not having all these things to do. There's many positive yeah. emotions that are coming up and there's time and there's, you know, I don't even remember the last time I set an alarm clock, honestly. Yeah, me either. <laughs> it's not happening right now, which is <laughs> We're all staying up late. That's probably the only negative I would imagine happening in this house right now. But then- Yeah, same here. Yeah. And then on the other side though, I have had- other types of emotions starting to kind of come up again, you know, in this time of being alone in a way or having this quiet time, there's many things that are coming up. And I know a lot of yeah. people here in the inner revolution are talking about, oh my God, yes. You know, it was great for about three or four weeks and everyone's <laughs> all love and light. And then now everyone's like, oh my God, are we ever going to get out of this? And so now yeah. we're seeing the anxiety increase. Are you seeing that with your your patients and clients as well that you know as we're settling into this pandemic we're starting to see a mix of different emotions and experiences yeah i mean it's a mix of course some people actually a lot of people are doing so well right now that they're yes. not seeing me right they really right a lot of the anxiety and i think for them for people that already have anxiety 
seeing everyone else anxious is almost reassuring. Yeah. It's like, oh wait, I've kind of, and they have skills to handle it. So it's not foreign to them. Right. And I'm sure you could relate a little bit yeah. to that as can I, um, but for other people, yeah, it's, it's, there's so much, especially if again, those childhood stories are, I'm not safe. The world's not safe. Then every time you pick up your phone, you're getting validation of that story. Um, and it is a story because the reality, again, is for most of us, you know, in this moment, we are safe as long as we, you know, do what we need to do, um, you know, avoid social contact. And, and of course, that too can stir up anxiety, right? Oh, yeah. Very much being alone, right? Because that's part of that whole system too, especially for women. We always talk about fight, flight, freeze, but there's also the tend and befriend. Oh. And that's where women need, uh, women in particular tend to go when they get stressed. And right I've now, I've heard that. Can you say that one more time? The tend and befriend. And actually I hadn't heard it. There's a new book that just is coming out. And I heard the woman, um, I, can't, I don't know her name. I feel badly that I don't know her name. We'll, I'd have look, to look, it up. It up. we'll look it up for the, but it's the XX brain. Oh, um, yes. And she, I heard her on a podcast and she was talking about it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so true. Right. That, that whole, all the initial studies on stress she was talking about were done on men, of course. Um, and so these, this is more, you know, newer research suggesting that women have this other, we all do, I suspect, I haven't read the book yet, but right, this other system exists. And that system I think is part of what's really, especially people that are alone, right, totally alone right now. Um, you know, I think that system is really causing you know, because they can't activate that cyst, that part of it, I think it's causing more anxiety. I think that's happening um, to me, honestly, because I, I am such a person who needs, I mean, I am the ambivert, right? I really sit in the middle. I need to equally be alone as much as I need to be with people. I really do. And I'm not able yeah. to be with people except through the platforms, which is a blessing, but yes. I'm really starting to feel that and I noticed that in Olivia as well recently. Mm. She's really, mm. you know, missing those friends and yeah, noticing changes in that. And you know, we're having our conversations, we're getting outside, we're doing as much as we can. But oh, their school had this beautiful drive by the other day where all the teachers were all socially distanced with their masks, standing outside the school with signs, and we got to drive by and wave to them, and it was just oh. Yeah, I wrote the principal that day and I said, I needed this more than my children did. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, but that connection. Yeah, I think that's so. The community, you know? So, yeah. So, okay. So now we know that there is an explanation for this. Thank you for, for talking about that. And since we're talking about women, we'll go there now. Um, no <laughs> offense, men, but, you know, there are some things that I, the veil has been just sort of drawn down for me over the years. And, you know, why do you, and I'm certainly not asking you to, you know, talk negatively about the medical community. I know you are a part of it and, and respect it and honor it greatly. But why do we still exist in a place right now where I think I saw one study that said it was still a 50-50 mix. And I think this was out of Ohio State. And where general practitioners, traditional family, you know, type doctors were interviewed and asked their perspective on the mind, body, spirit connection mm -hmm. and the role on curing disease. It wasn't, did they just believe in the mind, body, spirit connection? It was more of the, you know, the ability of it really to cure disease. And they were split. They were just split down the middle, still 50, 50. And it was greater 
you know, there were more women practitioners who certainly, you know, believed in its ability than men. Yeah. Yeah. I even know in my personal experience, and I know I'm not alone, that even some of my, you know, female practitioners, when I start to talk about menopause and that I think these things that are manifesting have a greater story to be told in the transition, nobody can talk to me. No, you know, urology can't talk to me. Regular doctors are like, oh, that's great. You know, and so why yeah. does it still exist in 2020? I mean, I think it's fear of what we don't know, you know? So I think a lot of the doctors that turn to, that do turn to more of the mind-body approaches have gotten there. Most of the stories are people who have not, where traditional medicine has not met their own needs, Right. And so, and recognize, wait, there's this whole other world out there. So I think that's one piece. Um, I think in general, women tend to be a little more open-minded to it for whatever reason. I can't, I I could only hypothesize, (laughs) but um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But also I think um, actually in, in the book, I talk about, there's one, are you familiar with the Daniel Simon experiment yes. of the gorilla? Yes. Right. And so I think that's part of it. So just to, so the, in the experiment and you can go on YouTube and actually anyone who's listening should go on YouTube first before they listen to this. I don't know if you can put the link on or, sure. but yeah. um, because it's such a, I don't want to spoil it because it's so worth watching, but it's just the idea is uh, in this video, you watch, you're instructed to follow count the number of times the people wearing white toss the ball between each other. So I think there's a group wearing, I don't know, some other color. And then, and so your eyes following white, your eyes are following the white ball. And so as I watched it the first time, I'm busy counting and I'm trying to get it right because I'm, you know, that right. kind of person. <laughs> and so I want to get it right. And so I'm totally focused on the white ball and I get to the end and I got the right answer. However, what I missed was in the middle of all that, a person dressed in a gorilla outfit, a big person dressed in a gorilla outfit, not a six-year-old, an adult, <laughs> walk through the middle of the scene completely in the open, and I did not see that gorilla because I was so busy counting the balls. And so I think that really explains what goes on in medicine is we are taught to see disease everywhere we look, and we're taught to see pathology, and we're taught that most pathologies are treated with a medicine or a procedure and we are never taught although it is changing i think younger i think it is changing it is but i was never taught you know that there were other ways of um of looking at things that that energy plays a role that that what we think plays a role that our emotions play an enormous role that our body is trying to communicate to us and give us information if we just learn to listen but we are so busy in our heads that we never we get really disconnected from our bodies and i think that's part of what leads to not only physical symptoms but emotional symptoms is we just become so disconnected yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember someone on a previous podcast sort of suggesting that there were points in time where it's almost like we walk around with a head that's not quite connected to the body, but kind of floating around in the same space and the spirit kind of circling around, you know, and everyone's like, hey, we want to play together. We really want to hang out and be one. But there's so many things. And, And being in the field of mental health, I can say that 
you know, we're taught very much to focus on how the mind works and that the body is the complication in a way, right? right? right. The body's the complication that sends these messages to people that are scary and frightening. And we, we want to ignore those and we want to change how we think. And, you know, I'm certainly not downplaying the role cognitive behavioral therapy plays because it is a, a very positive and productive therapy for many, but mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't continue to work over a long period of time. Um, and our thoughts can only take us so far. And right. I get into Often a, our thoughts are, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but I get yelled at a lot by mindset folks because they think what this is what they think I'm saying. They think that I'm saying not to pay attention to thoughts, to not, you know, honor the role of the mind in everything. And that's not what I'm saying at all. I have Mm -hmm. just in my own trajectory, thanks to you and many other, you know, holistic therapies, as well as traditional medicine have found my heart, have found my spirit, have found all these pieces to myself that sometimes when my mind is out of flux in a way, um, it isn't always just about changing that thought in that moment. Sometimes like mm-hmm. you said, it's going into the breath, it's going into the heart space. It's, I've become such a fan of like heart math and the, yes, the work yes. they're doing too is like super cool. So, it is, it is. And again, that goes back. Things. I mean, it makes sense physiologically, right? So again, CBT works really well if the problem is just, um, if it's more sort of an acute problem, you know, you're, struggling with a relationship and you just kind of need to wrap your head around, you know, what to do next or, you know, or a toxic job and you just need to figure out it's good for that, right? You can kind of step a little bit out of the stories, get a little clearer perspective. But again, if what's happening is we're getting triggered by some of these older stories from when we're small, right? Again, it's happening in that limbic system and we cannot talk to the limbic system, right? It has to come through the body. I love it. So that that, CBT completely misses that you know, those, in those scenarios. So it definitely has its place, but it's a piece of a puzzle, not the, definitely not the whole puzzle. And I love that you bring that up about it being nonverbal. Yeah. I don't really think people think about that. They're like, oh, I'm just breathing because breathing helps, but they don't recognize it's a communication system. It's, it's almost like its own little love language, right? With, with the body. Yeah. It is. It's direct communication. And by changing our breath, we can change our emotions. Our emotions just change our breath and our breath changes the emotions. So it's our way of directly communicating with that limbic system Mm -hmm. and letting it know, no, wait, we're okay right now. That's fantastic. And I know just knowing you personally, um, how passionate you have been in being such a guiding force in your children's lives of them really embracing meditation or even movement, you know, and the breath work and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about just some things that you have done or recommendations you might have for some of the parents out there and how they can begin to really embrace this mindset and this way of being, I call it a way of being, you know, this is, this is life now for me. This isn't like something I pick up and I can put down. Like if I put it down, I go back to the way I was. And so this is a lifestyle for me and we're doing Qigong and we're doing some things together now, which are fantastic. But can you talk a little bit about some of the things you've done and and ways to start doing that with your children? 
<laughs> well, that's tricky. So the one, they have to be open to it. Yes. <laughs> so, so my 13 year old, less, less so for sure. He, that's not, that's not where he develop, developmentally is at right now. So um, I let that be and I don't try to force anything, but we do, I mean, so, but the ways I reach them and the ways they're open to, and it always needs to be in the ways they're open to, right? I mean, movement is huge. So I, you know, right now in this time, especially of, you know, being at home, right? I'm like, I make them go out and they run, they can do whatever they want, but they, they run every day. Um, we play every day. We've been playing touch football because that's what they want to do. <laughs> We've been hiking whenever we can every weekend. Um, so just movement is so important, right? So, because that's how our our body releases stress. That's how our body, that's how we can prevent and heal depression because it's just stuck energy, right? Everything gets stuck and it's not moving. And so movement is so, so important in whatever form that takes. Um, it could be gardening, it could be anything. Um, but with my kids, yeah, it's more play, right? Yeah. So, um, and as far as, um, and, and being outside in nature because nature itself is healing. Right. Yeah. So it's not enough just to be on a treadmill these days in our house, which we're in already, but rather to get outside and just being outside. Studies have shown um, 15 minutes outside boosts our immune system for mm -hmm. up to a week. Um, the, the, the chemicals released by the trees boost our mood. Right. And improve our mood, decrease anxiety, decrease stress and improve our immune system. It's the best medicine there is. Um, so that's really kind of where we've been focusing. Um, the the breathing, my kids aren't very open to. I try and <laughs> instead I get, my daughter will, <laughs> Sky will just tighten up instead in total defiance. Um, but so we go where they're at. <laughs> love, but you said some really key points. And I will say as an educational psychologist, I truly appreciate that you you know, you honor the choice, you honor the openness that even though you're not doing exactly what I would like us to do at this moment, <laughs> they're participating and they're being a part of it. And, and that's beautiful. So thank you for that. Because I think a lot of parents, as you were talking about, as you probably have heard on some previous podcasts, we have talked a lot about child, you know, childhood wounding, you know, being raised by parents who were significantly wounded with great intentions, but we ended up, yeah. you know, sort of taking that on, which sort of became my main premise. And you were such a huge inspiration and motivation in me writing my book because your words that you shared on today, it's just a story, was what made me write it as a science fiction fantasy mm -hmm. versus a self-help novel. Yeah. Most have loved it. Others think it's weird. And it's okay because it was a story that had to be told. And there was so much emotion that got released in that process. Of yeah, I mean, I writing is so healing. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I relived a lot of things. But, but chapter four, as I've shared on here, was the hardest chapter to write. I literally felt like I was melting. Because mm -hmm. it was every childhood experience that was difficult and traumatic for me was coming back up. And mm. I think no matter how much work we do, there's always going to be triggers in a way. And um, so many people don't know what ACEs is and I know that how trauma in childhood really impacts the brain, like you said. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about 
you know, as adults now, because we've got a lot of listeners who are like, well, you know, I'm 50, 40, 50 years old. I've tried traditional therapy. I've tried the, I tried breathing. I went to yoga. You know, I just yeah. still feel like I can't get past my past. You know, yeah. what advice do you have as a practitioner for them? Well, what you were just talking about is actually a great one. It's just writing, right? And and writing whether it's as a journal, as in the first person, or right, what you did is beautiful, and how you described it is beautiful. Switching it to a third person, I just recommended that to a patient just yesterday, right? Like, she's so scared she's not going to get through this. I'm like, well, write the story. How do you want the story to end? Write it as if you already have, you know, like just how do you want it to look? Where do you want it to go? Right? So at any point you can start the story, you can start it in the future and work back. You can start in the back and move forward, but that's a really powerful tool. Um, You know, for big stuff, I I personally am a huge, huge fan of EMDR. Mm -hmm. Um, And because, and I I don't do it probably. I, I never do anything the way I'm taught to do it, but right. Just, but we can do it for ourselves even. Right. So one thing I often, have people do is, um, especially now that I'm working virtually, you know, but you can just put your arms, cross your arms over your chest and just rest a hand on each arm and just tap, right? So you're getting a bilateral stimulation, which, we're doing um, okay. yeah, but even just that, it's so calming because you basically, you're giving yourself a hug, right? And then just add in back and forth tapping left, right, left, right, at whatever speed. Um, But as things come up, this is one way it's sort of your own, you can sort of do soft EMDR on yourself, right? I think for big stuff, you want somebody to guide you and help you, right? For anything that's huge, for sure. Because I remember when I first learned EFT, and I even did quantum EFT, and that was, oh, a lot came up. A lot came up. I was glad I was with someone when that came up, because I was, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, able to see past lives and whether people believe in that or whatever, but I saw previous yeah. stories, you know, so they are powerful. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. So, so in those, you know, so for big stuff, definitely you want someone around, but EMDR is such a powerful way of, of, um, of releasing um, some of those old stories and those old traumas um, in a safe way. Yeah, no, I mean, and can you talk a little bit about what EMDR is for maybe some of our followers who, who don't yeah, know, most so, probably do, but there's still some. That yeah, are- so I mean, the it's a, I think it's a clunky label, but it, eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing, and it used to be, it was based on the idea, so Francine Shapiro is the one who developed it. Um, just by happenstance while she was kind of walking and thinking about a problem, she noticed that her eyes started going back and forth, um, sort of like an REM sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and she noticed that after that happened, she felt better. So she sort of developed this technique based on that. But since then, lots of people, including myself, it's been shown that you don't need, it's not the eye movement so much, but the bilateral stimulation. So it's mm-hmm. act. So what happens is you're activating the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain. So with trauma, what often happens is um, the, the trauma gets held on the right side of the brain, especially if it's early childhood, because again, it's pre-verbal. And so, right, the left side of the brain is where we have words and language and and it's sort of a linear storyline. But when it's, but trauma often gets held in the body and then more of that right side of the brain where there's no words articulated. And even as adult, when we, you know, if we've experienced even many traumas, like getting hit by a car, right, there's no words in that moment. It's not a verbal process, trauma, 
right? It's, it's, um, and so we kind of lose access to it when we go to that side of the brain. So anyway, as the, as it, is it kind of, you're stimulating right, left, right, left, it allows the two sides to kind of integrate the story. So you can verbalize it and you may not even, for some people, I know for myself, I don't even necessarily know what happened. I just feel the release of it as it's happening, right? It's more in the body. For me, it's more somatic. Like I feel sensations right. related to an emotion and I don't know what happened. All I know is that um, something keeps getting triggered in that space. And as I tap around it, it, it gets, it softens mm. and kind of gets released. And sometimes there's words for it and sometimes there's not, but it's just, so it's this really beautiful process of kind of tuning into the body, tuning into the breath, tuning into, um, if you do remember images of, you know, what was happening, but kind of as if it's a movie rather than you're in it. Um, and for myself, I often bring in resources, sort of a wise guide or, you know, a pet or someone to kind of be there. So you're not alone in it either in your own rememberings. Um, well, sort of this tapping's going on. So in my office, I use, um, um, they're just sort of little vibrators you have in your hand and they go back and forth, back and forth and back and forth. Other people use the eyes so you're looking mm -hmm. looking um so there's all and this, you can do audio as well so it's going back and forth the sound so there's all kinds of ways to do it but in all of them what they're doing is activating both sides of the brain so it's communicating and integrating a story together because it gets fragmented traumas get fragmented oh i love that you bring this up because i remember when we had our house fire and i had mm, such a hard perfect time example. Right, oh, such a hard time. The vigilance, the overreaction yeah. to everything. I mean, I couldn't even yeah. do a stove. But I remember, you know, uh, the the doctor worked really hard with me, just with video games, was helping me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to play video games. Why am I doing video <laughs> games? And he said to me, We've got to get your front part of your brain and the and the rear part of your brain talking and playing again. It was really yeah. funny. Like, they're yeah, just yeah. not talking. And so I love that you, you really described it beautifully in ways of just getting different components of our brain to really start to communicate with one another. And yeah. that's the premise of what we were talking about before. If we're so fixated on our thinking patterns versus how our body is, you know, what's really manifesting in there and what our spirit really wants for us. I know yeah. spiritually, I denied my access to what I really was supposed to be moving into out of fear. And so this stuff is so beautiful because it's you just, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it just releases stuff that just lets yeah. you move into life. There's nothing better than just, you know, I may not be the most successful person. I may not have these things, but damn it, I feel happy most of the time or content. Yeah. I'm good yeah. with contentment now, right? You know, contentment is where, I mean, happy is, is we can't always live in a happy place, right? Life's not always happy when there's, you know, loss again, when there's, you know, people are sick around us, whatever, we can't be happy, but we can, we can always be content. I love the middle. Yeah. I've learned like in the middle is very beautiful things. And I'm starting to really appreciate that. I wanted yeah. to read another comment about your book. Um, one of the reviews and it said, while there are dozens of self-help books on depression, 
Dr. Skillicorn has done a masterful job of explaining principles of neuroscience and how they work to create new neural pathways for healing depression. Neuroplasticity is the name of the game, and Dr. Skillicorn presents meticulous research about the need to look beyond diagnosis and adios, I love that, medicine. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. (laughs) Yeah, to help each individual develop his or her own customized program, and they go on with many, many things um, here. And it's just, you know, such a beautiful description of what you were just describing to us that neuroplasticity is the name of the game these days. And so I wanted to just ask you, I know we just have a little bit of time left, but epigenetics has really been coming back up to the forefront. It's nothing new, right? But, but, you know, us regular lay people are starting to be able to understand what it is, its significance in healing. Um, What is your sort of you know, perspective on that from, from the work that you do and, and how do you see that sort of maybe moving more into mainstream for us? I mean, epigenetics, I think what the research is showing is that's everything, right? So, so the story is, we've, the story we've been told for so long, right, is that we're victims to our genetics, that we're victims to our past. But the reality is in every, with every thought and with every action, we're changing the pathways of the brain. And it appears to be static to most of us, right? Because we, most of us, most of the time are sending the same messages over and over again. And so of course we get the same results, mm-hmm. right? It appears to be static. So for example, with, you know, with depression or with anxiety, right? If we keep sending the signal, even the storyline that I am depressed, I have a history of depression, I'll never get over this, I'm broken, all these stories that come with it. Um, or with anxiety, you know, I'm, I, you know, I have anxiety and therefore I can't cope as well as others. I can't function as well as others, right? I can't do things that others do, right? All these stories um, become a reality, right? Because we keep telling them and that's the way our brain's kind of getting wired. Our nervous system is getting wired and it stays the same. But as we change the stories, stories like you said are so important you change the story by writing your book as we change these stories we change the neural pathways and literally just in the time we've been talking right we've you know we have thousands more new you know red blood cells we each developed at least one new neuron and even just in the connection between the two of us in this moment we've changed we've slightly shifted our neural pathways and anyone who's listening right it's always changing and so the the what it says is we have a lot of power to change um, our reality, to change our emotional states, to change even our physical being um, by changing the storyline. I love it. And I, I feel so optimistic about this aspect coming more into mainstream society because it really does show people, as you said, that we are not you know, I don't have to accept that I have a 50% chance at cancer because my dad passed from it. I don't have to live no, that. you do and, not. You know, yes, there are some things, as we know, genetic markers, things like that, but it just means we have a greater propensity towards. So then in my opinion was, well, then that means I really need to work more, right, in the other right. side of the It chaos. gives us, yeah, more responsibility and more power, but yes, definitely more responsibility yes. for our own so, well-being. Yeah. We just don't sit and wait. And I said this one time about evolution that many people in the old mindset of evolution was like, well, it just happens. It just happens around us. And we just, you know, we evolve in this very passive aggressive way. And I, um, the, the epigenetic research is really 
I think enlivened my heart to remember that's not the case. You know, we don't yeah. have to wait for anything. Like we no. create whatever we really want to create. And it's individuals like you that are beautifully out there working as doctors and healers and really helping us see that there's more to life than just accepting what genetics or the environment would otherwise have for us. So thank you for that. Thank you for all that you do. You're welcome. And I know we're getting to the end here and um, this is my favorite part and it's my least favorite part because I have to say goodbye, um, which I (laughs) never like doing, but I do love this question and I call it the footprint in the sand. And it is about your legacy, literally about the soft imprint that you really want to leave in the world. So when you're older, you know, many, many decades from now, as we look back and we reflect upon your life, what is it that you really hope to have done or left behind? Wow, that's a question. Um, I want, I guess, just kindness and hope. Mm to remember for being kind and for spreading kindness and for offering hope to those who didn't find, couldn't find hope elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that's always possible. And I'm getting teary with you saying that. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. And Dr. Jody, you are phenomenal. You have been such a breath of fresh air in my life. And if I haven't said thank you enough, let me say thank you again. And those of you who are listening, you know, definitely I'll have her contact information on the radio page and feel free to reach out as well as the listing for the book. And it's everywhere as I'm seeing, as I even saw it on Target for sale. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how awesome is this? I know this woman. So this was fantastic. So but for our listeners, can you let them know how they could get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, my website is www.jodyskillicorn.com. And um, I'm also on Instagram at Jody Skillicorn and Facebook, it's Mindful Psychiatry. Wonderful. And we'll have those links. And those of you who are on Facebook, the radio page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash inner revolution is connected to Facebook. So you can go ahead and leave us comments after you've been listening to the show and let Jody know what you're feeling, thinking, and how this episode has probably helped you immensely, as I'm sure it definitely has. And so, my dear, thank you for being here with us. Oh, today. thanks for having me. It was I have, good, it was good to see yeah. you. And <laughs> oh, I mean, in 45 minutes, I've just grown immensely again. And I wanted to <laughs> say, like, the, the heart resonance, I could just feel it, you know, and that's, that's what I really love in this time that we're in right now that, you know, there's not a lot to think about outside of the pandemic. And so my brain has actually settled and my heart has just opened up immensely. And it's, it's been a place of, of gratitude because of the healing work that you have helped me through. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to The Inner Revolution this week. Again, we are so grateful for all of you who follow this show and reach out to us. We do have a page on Instagram now just for the podcast. It is at The Inner Revolution. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, it is at Dr. Renee Mudre. Thank you again, Dr. Jody. And everyone, please go ahead and check for the radio page as well as the social media. You will go ahead and see her contact information and be able to reach out to her and find that amazing book. So I am your host, Dr. Renee. We will see you again next week. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to The Inner Revolution with Dr. Renee. Tune in again next week for another fabulous episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Mudre, or you can check out my website at www.transcendentheart.com. Talk to you again soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.